good morning to Steve Vines. Good How morning. Are you, yes, yes. Not it's at the airport. Not at the airport. No, indeed. There have been some issues at the airport. There uh, have of, a few. Of recent, yes. Um, now it's been quite a week, really, hasn't it? And Well, like last week and the week before, actually. And the yes. week before that. I don't know. It just goes on, yeah, doesn't it? Does. It, it does. Uh, and, we, and we open the paper this morning, and what do we see? Yeah, well, I mean, it was a breakthrough. Um, Carrie Lamb came out of hiding again. Oh, well, ish, hmm. ish. Hmm. So she went on a district visit. I mean, you now know that the chief executive in name only, the CNO, is hmm. indeed the chief executive in name only yeah. because she doesn't dare. She actually said this. She doesn't dare to tell anybody that she's going out her front door because it will just result in people protesting. I mean, most people would draw a conclusion from this, saying if the leader of a uh, e even a little town hall can't step outside their front door without people going, step down, you know, we've had enough of you, hmm. they might consider that was perhaps not the front door they should be behind in the first place, but doesn't occur to the old Sino. So what we see so, is we see a picture of Carrie Lamb yes. with, with about three other people. Yes, um, and she's... <laughs> she's First of all, let, let's just say what these pictures are. Yeah. No press. No press were allowed. Okay. These are all government handout pictures, so, you know, we don't know... Maybe somebody was saying something in the background, we don't know that. But, but you know, usually... I mean. You can't make this stuff up. Usually, when you go as a leader or whatever it is they're called these days to visit a shopping centre, you go and you shake hands, you go, how's it doing? And they're out of business. She actually goes to a shopping centre that, oh, that's right, doesn't exist. Oh, it's not actually been built yet. It's not one. been built. So she goes with some local worthy who shows her plans and she goes, oh, I see. Is that is that the ceiling? Oh, yes, carry on. Yeah, ceiling's very good. Shopping centres, definitely. Yeah, no, oh, yes, ceilings. Is it going to have escalators? Oh, yeah, escalators, yes. I mean, you, you know, good morning. Good morning. So she goes to the shopping centre that isn't there. There's also pictures of her going to a market. Apparently she did this at the time when it was guaranteed to have the least people in it. And she doesn't... None of the local councillors are notified that she's going to these places. I mean... So nobody knows, basically. <laughs> nobody knows. Nobody knows. There's there's the official photographer there. There's no doubt a whole bunch of people, you know, uh, clutching at clipboards and um, waddling around going, Oh, oh, chief executive, oh, oh, um, It does seem so far removed that she's standing here looking at these plans of a shopping centre on the one hand, and two days before we've got all of this tear gas... Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, obviously what she's trying to do, and the trouble is she's so cack-handed, is to suggest it's business as usual. But as soon as you see the pictures, you go, that can't possibly be business as usual. She will only visit a shopping centre that doesn't exist. Mm. I mean, it, mm. You know, I... But but apparently they do have a new new government department. It's called the Official Office of Parody, and <laughs> and the OP, as I like to call it, is very hard at work thinking up new photo ops. Not for anybody except for government photographers, of course. So I mean, I suppose she'll next be visiting a bridge that hasn't been built. I mean, you know, the possibilities are endless. Carrie, go girl, you're on a roll. It does seem, doesn't it, that that uh, government and police could do with a little bit more oomph on the uh, on the PR side. Well, to be fair to the police, they are visible. They are visible. Um, and we saw that... <coughs> I mean, look at the statistics now. 
they fired on a single day. This is on Monday after the general strike. 800, I'm going to repeat that, 800 rounds of tear gas into a number of protests. I mean, they say that over the entire period, this is over two months now since these protests began, they fired only 1,000 rounds of tear gas. 800 on Monday. That was just on Monday. They made um, uh, more and more arrests. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Mm. Mm. So I think the fact of the matter is now that you've got a situation... And you saw it at the press conference yesterday given by the State Council, the Hong Kong and Macau Affairs Office, only, only talking about the police. I mean, basically saying, you know, they are the, they are the only people who can restore law and order in Hong Kong. They also have been forced to say, and they remember they, they got all these 500 worthies, they said, you'll, you'll, you'll be doing a day trip to Shenzhen tomorrow, uh, that's not a request. You, you will turn up and they're all sort of preening themselves and sort of waddling down, the, pla- down the, the hallway to take their seats and to be told what to do. And their orders are this, their orders are this, number one, only talk about the violence. We don't want any more talk about what these demonstrations are about, none. That's over. Number two, you've got to support Carrie Lam. We know she's pathetic. We know she's useless, but she's the only Carrie Lam we've got at the moment. So go out and give her your support. And then it got very, very worrying. So then um, the spokesman for the Hong Kong Macau Affairs Office starts talking about this being a colour revolution. Why is that ominous? Because, Mm. of course, it was the colour revolutions in, in Czechoslovakia in Hungary, etc., which caused the collapse of the Soviet Union. And what they're saying is, what's going on in Hong Kong is leading to the uh, dismembering of the nation. Therefore, we have to act. We have the right to act when directly asked, will the PLA, will the People's Liberation Army intervene in Hong Kong? The answer wasn't, no, we're not going to do that. The answer was, oh, yes, there's very clear provision for that to happen. At the moment, we're, we're, we're relying on the police. But you know what? The more you hear about it, the more ominous it sounds. You get Elsie Leung, who, who, in case anybody's forgotten, was the first um, and notably failed um, Secretary for Justice, although Theresa Cheng is making a good hash of being mm. the worst Secretary for Justice in living memory. Um, but but she, is, of course, is an old, old Beijing loyalist. She comes from a communist family. She's all, she must be a party member herself. It's inconceivable that she isn't. She came out of that meeting and said, you know what, even if the PLA came in, it wouldn't really affect one country, two systems. They're laying the grounds for this. Yeah. You take that together. I mean, all of this is coming together. You take that together with this interesting um, video <coughs> that was um oh, was, Shenzhen police well i was thinking two, the, there's two things actually mm. there's the Shenzhen police there was the pla's own video mm. of of a massive um uh, land sea and air exercise including mainly on the land uh, riot control and what was so fascinating about this video is that you know all the pla stuff is done in mandarin whatever you want to call it, for for the reasons that it's the national language. But quite interestingly, when it came to delivering the message, 
They use Cantonese. Cantonese right. You will, the, these are the words they use. You will be responsible. You will be responsible. This was then echoed again by the spokesman for the state council who, who kept saying, I, I thought a little too gleefully, don't forget, there will be punishment. They like that word, punishment. Punishment was used a lot. And the 500 sort of, you know, poodles all sitting there going, oh, punishment, that sound of that is punishment, punishment, it sounds a bit more punishment. Then you have what you're talking about. You had the exercise of 12,000, that's a lot of people, 12,000 um, public security bureau or police official, police policemen in Shenzhen. Um, oh, yes, it was, a, it was a street protest. Yeah. The protesters were wearing black. That's a hell of a coincidence. Mm. They were using the same sorts of barricades. They were using the same sorts of um, construction helmets, workers, yeah. helmets, mm. the same sorts of masks we've seen in Hong Kong. I mean, anybody who thinks all of that is a staggering coincidence also believes that the Pope has now become an imam. You know, I mean, the, this mm. is just ludicrous stuff. Mm. So, I mean, you can talk about this lightly, but it is extremely ominous. The idea now, and it seems to me that this is the idea, is, is that Hong Kong is being softened up for the mobilisation of the PLA. I mean, the consequences of that, I, I don't think, among grown-ups, need to be spelled out. Now, of course, there is always the possibility that they will hold back. There is always the possibility that some sort of sanity will prevail. The problem is that, as we saw from yesterday's press conference, people who are, who are advocating any form of compromise are now so far on the back shelf that, you know, they've gone beyond where the dusty bits lie. So people like uh, Michael Teen, who is still nominally in, in the pro-government camp, who says, look, we can dissolve, so, so we can diffuse this situation, we can't solve it, but we can diffuse it <coughs> by agreeing to have a public inquiry and by agreeing just to say that the bill has been withdrawn. Mm. Asked specifically whether either of those things were possible. And, you know, they gave a lot of vague answers, but not to not that. Not on that. Not no. on that. I mean, mm. at the end of the press conference, there was a vague thing with, oh, well, once all the violence, you have to mention violence as many times as you can in a single sentence, once the violence has faded, we might just oh, possibly, you know, if it's a wet Wednesday, think about it, but not going to happen now. So they don't want to diffuse the situation. They do want to talk about, and they want to provide all these visual images of how the PLA could could intervene. I mean, we're, I, I hate to be alarmist, but we're very close to knife edge. I mean, you know, one argument is that the whole thing has been a conspiracy theory all along, <coughs> and, and that's been the, the goal, is to to move it to that point, so that uh, potentially... Um, there is a pretext yeah. to move in. Well, I, I, I don't think, I mean, as ever, I don't think that any of this was planned in the sense that they thought that by introducing the extradition legislation, it would sp it, w it would provoke the, the sort of protests. I don't think anybody actually. But nevertheless, you, you don't make a video with twelve thousand people overnight. No, you don't. Exactly. I mean, that's been that's been in the works for a couple, <coughs> it's a couple of weeks. It's been in the works. It's been yes. Oh, oh, absolutely. But but I mean, mm. remember that the protests now have been going on for, for two months, mm. over two months. We're now in the third month. They have had time to do that. I I I mean. The suspicion lingers that there is 
are hardcore and always remember that even in dictatorships they have factions there is a hardcore within the party who says the time has come to bring hong kong into line they're 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 recalcitrant they speak their funny little cantonese language we're fed up with them they strut around they think they're better than us time has come to learn them mm. Mm. there is a moment at which they think that that that, that time has come What's the time scale? Do you think? How do we? How do we predict? These I don't know. Things? I try it's not to think about it. It's very hard. I I I think the the um, point about dictatorships is that when they take decisions, things move very quickly. On the other hand, they take a long time to take decisions. I mean, there's a sort of contradictory um, dynamic going on here. So you know, they 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 have endless endless meetings. Among themselves, of course, they never consult outside their own circle. Um, they, they get inputs. They will be getting a lot of intelligence because they've got so many cadres in Hong Kong now providing it. But, you know, in a communist system, if you've got any good sense, you never tell the bosses what they don't want to hear. So, you know, it is a case of shoot the messenger. If you're the brave person who goes up to Beijing and says, you know... I've spent the last month in Hong Kong, and do you know what? The majority of the people are really, really unhappy. They'll go, all right, thank you, comrade. There's a little warm prison cell for you to sit in for the next 10 years. So, you know, even though there is the capability to gather intelligence, there isn't the capability for it to be delivered. And you look at the atmosphere now in Beijing, this hard line under Xi Jinping, there is no, no reason to believe that there's some sort of shining liberal element who says, do you know what, I think we should, you know, give a chance to diffuse the situation. I mean, those people, they ain't there. Steve Vines is with us. Oh, you love a bit of Jackie Wilson, don't you, Steve? Oh, uh, uh, <laughs> bit of reap for tea. Particularly on Wednesday when I'm not here. <laughs> <laughs> what you do in your private time. No, I know, we're not going, we're not getting into that. <laughs> now, the Taiwan effect. Yes. What what effect is that going to have in what happens? Do you think over the next short while? Well, I mean, I the the I know that views are divided on this, but but the basic premise has always been that one country two systems was devised for Taiwan. Well, I mean that that's indisputable. Mm. We know that Deng Xiaoping said it, um, and that Hong Kong was going to be the test pad. Hong Kong would go swimmingly and the Taiwanese would go, tell you what, we'll have some of that. Well, we now know that that's mm. buried, dead, never to be resurrected. Mm. But it is interesting now to try and think the extent to which the people in Beijing are saying, you know what, let's just get Hong Kong sorted out, we'll deal with Taiwan at some other time. But the problem with that is that before all this kicked off in Hong Kong, they were doing everything they could to pave the way for a victory of the Kuomintang yeah. in the in next year's presidential elections, and it looked as though that was going to be a stunning success. Mm. I mean, they've they've got the candidate they want in the mayor of Kaohsiung. They've got um, it all looked good. Uh, you know, there'd been all the threats and the carrots and sticks. You know, if you don't behave, we'll reduce this, we'll reduce that. So they've now that seems to all be off. They've stopped individual tourism going to Taiwan. They've just cancelled Chinese mainland Chinese participation in the Golden Globe 
a, a big film festival oh, awards. Right. Okay. So that will will put a big dent in that. I mean, they're just saying now, oh, forget about the carrot. We'll we'll just worry about the stick. And you know, if anybody in uh, in Beijing seriously listens to people on the ground in Taiwan, they will find out that just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. The Taiwanese are a bit like Hong Kong people. The more you bash them on the head, the more they go. I tell you what, we're not having any of that. Mm -hmm. So, dying one, the, the incumbent president, who frankly was not very popular before all this sure. Hong Kong stuff kicked off, she had the, um, the, the, the the good luck, I put that in inverted commas, to see what was going on in Hong Kong. Her ratings in the polls have risen steadily. The, the election is still not wrapped up for her <coughs> because she's seen as someone who is a firm opponent of further mainland intrusion into the affairs of Taiwan. Now, that would have been very worrying in in other circumstances to, to the government in Beijing because Taiwan has always been the bigger prize than Hong Kong, much more interested mm. in reunification with Taiwan than they've ever been in what's happening here. But it seems that there's a kind of obsession now with Hong Kong, reflected in these remarks that we were discussing before the break sure. um, at the press conference yesterday where they start talking about colour revolutions. And that means that they, they seriously, I think in their minds, think that if to Hong Kong gets its own way, as they would put it, this will send a terrible signal to the rest of China. My own view is, number one, the rest of China really doesn't quite know what's going on in Hong Kong. I just think that the, that the reality... Almost nothing, in fact, in it, most of... Well, except they have mm. now started to put propaganda pieces in, 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 in the official media very carefully vetted. I mean, there was no coverage at all. Now they've got the, the, the threat to national sovereignty is the big theme. The fact that Hong Kong is beset by violence. I mean, I, I managed to get here today without beating up a single person. It was it was a first. It was a struggle, right? It, it, it was a first. Mm. <laughs> but so, you know, I mean, they're characterising Hong Kong as a place in total turmoil, which it isn't. But that isn't to say that there is an unprecedented amount of turmoil. I think that's... Well, it's not actually unprecedented. Let's keep reminding ourselves that what's happening in Hong Kong today isn't anything like what happened in the 1960s during the Cultural Revolution, inspired from across the border, when people were literally getting killed. I think the total death toll was something like 56. Thank goodness that hasn't happened here. I'm going to have to add the word yet. Hmm. But it hasn't. Hmm. That's the fact of the matter. There were curfews then. We haven't had that yet. You know, there were all sorts of things <coughs> which were way worse than what's happening today. And incidentally, the people who are instigating that, who instigated that, are now the very people who dropped off to, to Shenzhen the other day to be uh, told, you know, how wonderful they were and etc. etc. I mean, you know, the memories are short. People keep using the word unprecedented. It's not unprecedented, mm. but mm. it's very bad. I don't know whether that makes it any better or any worse, but it's just historically inaccurate to but, describe it as unprecedented. 
just sticking with time for a second in, in in some ways i i suppose some of us <coughs> were sort of hoping that taiwan was a little bit of a safety net for hong kong that it would stop it going any further yes. but we're sort of fe feeling a little bit that maybe that isn't going to be the case then i think that is so i mean i think that as i say if the level of obsession with hong kong as a separatist entity or however what you want to call it splitist is the mm. the old maoist term that i always liked a lot splitist I mean, they're splitists um if that is seriously believed still in beijing then taiwan is very much in the second seat but i mean they're not going to lose sight of that the the existence of taiwan as a separate entity describing itself as the republic of china is an abiding stain on the mainland and it's a matter of great great concern and you know what's so stupid from their point of view is they've had the capability to use the stick but they've had a much better success with using the carrot you know making nice to taiwan actually worked very well you've got these enormous <coughs> influx of taiwanese visitors going to the mainland you've got um, high levels of cooperation but they keep saying well you can only have that as long as you vote for the Kuomintang or for a candidate who, who we approve of well you know what they don't of course they don't understand because dictatorships don't understand this is that in elections it doesn't work like that people vote for who they want to vote for what about elections here you know obviously we've been talking about the, the council elections uh, in November in November yeah. Um, I suppose the question is, uh, you know, what's going to happen then? But um, presuming that perhaps there'll be a pushback against the um, the, the government backers in those elections. Oh, I think at the moment there's little doubt about that. But, but there's two qualifications. Yeah. Number one is whether the, again, the Electoral Commission gets frisky and starts yeah. disqualifying exactly. left, right and centre, not to be ruled out. And I think that... that whatever you think about how things are developing the majority of hong kong people do feel uncomfortable about the violence that has erupted you know the fact that traffic lights are putting that out of action people sit at home and they say well what's that got to do with anything that yeah holes in the road all that sort of stuff yeah <coughs> so you know it oh. is possible i don't think the basic mood will change but it is possible that there will be some sort of kickback but I think, you know, they're kidding themselves in the original thinking of the government was all we need to do is lock the doors and in a few weeks this will all go away. I mean, that was their... They based this on stupidity, you know, that famous phrase of, of Albert Einstein, mm. you know, doing the same wrong thing. The mm. definition of stupidity is doing the same thing that's failed time after time after time. So they've tried this for practically two months. The new strategy now is to be more proactive, really get out there and start punishing people. I mean, we've got this absolutely bizarre situation where, where a student leader <coughs> is arrested for carrying a laser pen, which suddenly has become a laser gun. Mm. You then have a police conference, which is daily now, where a police officer stands right up close to a piece of paper, points one of these laser pens, and we don't know what power it is. It mm -hmm. certainly can't be the power of those normally sold in shops because they're just weak little things. Yeah, they're just for pointing at whiteboards. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and burns a hole in a piece of paper. Says, look, look, mm. see, 
dangerous weapon, dangerous weapon. Mm. So, you know, it, it's getting, again, it's the Department of Parody has been busy at play mm. trying to, trying to organise this. If this wasn't so serious, it would be it would be funny, wouldn't it? I mean, the the stargazing stunt, yes. you know, at the space museum. I mean, <coughs> you sort of you sort of have to hand it to them. That, you know, that ingenuity, kind of tongue in cheek, uh, yeah. ingenuity. Um, I, I I love that. There's a marvelous uh, Waldorfing in English, which I saw on one of the websites. I'll just read it to you. I saw I saw it this morning, and somebody put on one of the walls. He said, "If only peaceful protests worked, we wouldn't come out every week." And that's what a lot of mm. people are saying, mm. you know. They just don't mm. listen to us unless it kicks off. Mm. And mm. this is a terrible state of affairs where people just feel that there is no possibility of ever being listened to. Mm. Are we going to get to the to the elections in November? I don't know. I mean, I that's mean, the question, know, isn't it? Gosh, November is an awful long mm. time away. Mm. I mean, we appeared just to be at the beginning of august i mean mm. i don't know about you but i get confused about what happened last week and it's not just old age i get confused because so much happened last week mm. so much will happen this week i mean i just looked at the um demonstration schedule this morning before coming out so there, there's um besides the stargazing one which was last night there's another big demonstration planned for typo there's a demonstration planned for the airport again there's another one planned for central protect our children i not quite i suppose that must be the mother's hmm, coming um, back, yeah. demonstration coming back again so you know it's no exaggeration to say that literally every day something is happening november seems so far on such a far horizon but i think that as matters stand even though and you've got to hand it to one of those carefully coiffured ladies at the press conference yesterday said uh, I can authoritatively say that the majority of people in Hong Kong are against the protests, even though <laughs> she, she wanted to raise a giggle. Um, you know, I don't know what will be the situation in November. And anybody who thinks they do know is a complete idiot because they don't. Steve Vines is with us. Back with Steve in a second. Love song. Now, the thing that drives it a lot is money, isn't it? It is. And, I mean, I, I hate to say that perhaps the only way that Hong Kong will be saved in the sense that um, Beijing will feel restraint from destroying the basic infrastructure, which would be destroyed if the PLA was mobilised here mm. and, you know, the government would uh, introduce curfews and etc, etc, because Hong Kong now no longer makes anything, it only does banking services, etc. Only, I mean, these are important things. Mm. So, what would be the constraint? I think one of the constraints, and strangely enough, you never see this mentioned in the People's Daily, is that so many of the Communist Party leaders have their assets in Hong Kong, mm. albeit under the names of their children, their wives, their second wives, whatever it is. So if they really do destroy Hong Kong, they're destroying their own personal their own fortunes, their mm. ill-gotten gains. Now, you may think, well, well, that's a side issue. I don't think it is. I think for <coughs> the comrades, the preservation of their personal wealth is very high on the agenda. And I think that a lot of them, none of this is ever, ever going to be said in public, but a lot of them will be thinking there, saying, do you know what, I've just bought that, bought that, that, that apartment. Yeah, yeah. It cost me 25 million, and that was the cheap one. I've got the other one for 30 million. Mm. I, I, I'm not sure I want that to be worth, you know, three and sixpence. 
and I think this is at the back of many powerful people's minds the essential necessity of maintaining their cash and you know in political conflicts over the years and turmoil over the years it is you often. follow the money mm. you do you mm. follow the money i mean what is it that 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 so often you you get to the end of a story and you go ah oh, finally got it it's about the money I mean, I, this isn't a, a staggering insight into how the world works. It's quite a common insight into how it works. But it has, seen, it has been seen, hasn't it, um, as a kind of safe haven, Hong Kong a safe haven for, for, for that money, wherever it comes from. Um, yes, I know. mean, we seem to have banks who are highly accommodating. Mm. Um, uh, their, their washing abilities are, <laughs> are second to none. But, you know, but, but the point is that Hong Kong has it all. It has the infrastructure of grown-up international banks who perhaps understand the special needs of people from the mainland it has more lawyers than than you and i have had hot meals <coughs> it has a, a a pleasant infrastructure you know you go into a hong kong office by and large and it's you know the lights work the internet works etc etc so you know everything is there everything is in place all you need to do is topple it, or all you need to do. If you want to topple it, you will topple it very, very quickly. It won't... Mm. And know, it will all come down. It will all come down because it's built not on buildings, it's built on confidence. Mm. So if, you know, <laughs> tomorrow the city is under curfew, there are PLA tanks roaming the streets, who on earth is going to have confidence in Hong Kong? I mean, these are these are not difficult to answer questions they're obvious questions so when you have Elsie Leung as we discussed before the break saying oh I don't think that will have much impact I mean what planet is she from it's it's unbelievable but, the, but it takes us back to what planet are some of them from and you know we had the the, the thing about the eight thousand dollars um from Regina Rip well this know, was yes let's ago, just bribe know. everybody back into submission I mean, it's incredible. They are still apparently still seriously back there in the Department of Parody thinking, I'll tell you what, let's do that. Yeah, let's see if we can bribe people back off the streets. I mean, what are they thinking about? And what, incidentally, the great advantage of these bribes is it's with our money. Mm. You know, remember, this is public money that they're tossing around left, right and centre. Well, thank you, Regina, for spending my money. Thank you for spending your money, etc., etc. She's on the public payroll, so <coughs> she's in receipt of public money as it is. I mean, I'm not at all... Um, uh, what was the word I'm trying to say, which, which is broadcastable? <laughs> Ooh, be careful, careful here, careful, be careful, careful, careful here. Um, I think, yes, let's put it as mildly as I can. I mean, it's gobsmacking. Yeah. That, that they have such disregard, such contempt for the people of Hong Kong, that, that anybody like Regina Airport, this is not just her, the DAB is playing the same game, just thinks, ooh, people of Hong Kong, all you need to do is offer them a bit of money and they'll shut up. Gosh, what a solution. What, a, what an insight into their real thinking about the people of Hong Kong. And it was very interesting that at the Carrie Lam press conference, that press conference which changed everything, 
brackets, not. Mm. One of the things that she kept saying, and if you weren't paying attention, you go right to the back of the class because some people didn't pay attention to every word she said. Mm. But one thing she kept saying was, you know, we're standing up. We're, we're the real Hong Kong people. We're defending Hong Kong. These are the people who have such contempt for Hong Kong mm. that they think they can bribe them, that they think the only reason they protest is because foreigners tell them to do it. That's what these people really think. Mm. Steve Vines here on a Thursday. Thank you, Steve, as ever. We'll see what the next week holds, eh? Yeah.